welcome to Conversations About Life. All right, well, thanks, Ismail, for uh, joining us in this conversation, and thanks, Billy, for being a, go- a co-host. And Ismail is from, um, I guess your home city is um, Manawaris, is that right? It used to be. Okay. Um, now I would say that it's Linares in the state of Nuevo León, where my dad and mom live. Okay. Yes. Okay. So um, we, my children first met you like years ago when they were going on mission trips down in um, to Mexico. And what um, what city were did they come to at that? Time? At that point, it was Matamoros, Matamoros, which is okay, the, right next to Brownsville, Texas. Okay, and um, that was many years ago, and and now you are um, studying and soon to graduate from uh, what school is it? Covenant College. Covenant College. Yes. Okay. Lucat Mountain, Georgia. Okay, and um, so that's kind of we'll get into more about you as we go along. Mm -hmm. But anything else as far as like as way of introduction? Do you want to add just to kind of let people know? Who you are? Well, I'm um, a Mexican studying uh, at Covenant College, um, uh, and I love chemistry. That's what uh, I'm studying, and I think one of the uh, gifts that um, God has given me to understand chemistry and how He works through um, the world through chemistry. And I also love music. Uh, play the violin, and that's one of my hob- hobbies that I love doing. Uh, it's just very great gift that God has given us, um, music, and to be able to communicate with that. Um, and I also love uh, Spanish and English, and being able to um, speak in both and relate to both cultures or both atmospheres or environments or... Um, and I wish I could. I, I my desire is to learn more. So I, I don't feel confident to, to say that I love languages because I only know two. But uh, I have this strong desire to learn more. So, but God only knows if He'll allow me to do that. So I, I would say those are three things that really would describe me: chemistry, music, and language, or, or culture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What city did, you, city did you grow up in? I grew up in in Matamoros. And I was there until I was 15. And that's where your children met me. And a lot of the people from Missouri uh, met me and my family and the people. Okay. Well, what was growing up in your family in Matamoros like? Oh, I would describe it as chill. Very chill and busy. Especially for me, because uh, my dad encouraged us to to learn music. So I started learning music at a very young age, like around seven or eight. Don't quite remember. Uh, and I don't have a very good memory, too. So I don't remember much of what when I was very little. Uh, but I do remember that it was it was always kind of busy for I, I it felt busy for me. It probably wasn't that busy, uh, but <laughs> it felt. But just going to school and then coming home and uh, being with my mom and having lunch in a very humid and flat area of the country 
um, very hot. Um, and then having to go back and drive like 20 minutes to downtown area and then go to, 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 to learn music and spend, depending on the day, spend two or three hours and then go back home and have dinner and just chill some, watch some TV and just do that and then go to church on Sundays. And So how long, how many years in Metamorphs to 15 until you're 15, you said? Yes, I, I lived there until I was 15. My family was there longer than I was because I, 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 that was the case because I started going to high school and then I, I went to a boarding school, so I moved away. But my family stayed there for like two or three more years. I don't remember. Was your uh, dad a pastor during all those years in Metamorphs? Yes, yeah. Okay. At the, at the same church or at, at more than one church? Just the same church. Wow. I think it was okay. like... I didn't realize he was there that long. From 2002 until whenever, maybe 2015, 14, not sure. <laughs> okay. So, um, it sounds kind of busy. Like, were music lessons every day? Yes. I, From what I can remember, because I also was part of the choir. I don't know for how long or when, but I, I know I did choir. So, I think lessons, my violin lessons were like 50 minutes long. And I think okay. they were on Mondays uh, okay. or Tuesday. It depends. And then I would have like orchestra and then uh, like choir on Thursdays and Tuesdays and Thursdays uh, pro- from what I can remember. And then the first three years of the program, I, I had to learn like solfage, which is one where they like teach you how to read music and the, the rhythms and being able to like express yourself or learn know how to read music and and i think they also taught us history music history okay um so it, it, it was some classes and it most of them happen on monday wednesdays and fridays i think okay right mm-hmm. so um was your um dad like sounds like he was kind of like ambitious for you you kids like wanting you to learn and excel and yeah. kind of in that type of thing yes i would say so and also i think um i think he was very wise because i now looking back at it it's a very good thing uh that he made us do that because his music is i i just see it as a very good gift and uh, thing that i i'm able to do plus he loves music i love music my i feel like something that identifies my family or that i would say is very good that would uh describe my family one aspect it is music because my dad loves music and loves playing the guitar um and i love it too different style but i i love music um so i think he wanted us to to learn from that and learn music and i think it was there was also a church related aspect um because sometimes it's hard to find someone that would help you with music Mm -hmm. and i think he really wanted us as his children being able to be able to help him with music with worship at church when there's no one uh, i would say probably that that's why he did it um and i guess ambitious too <laughs> okay yeah. and was it he kind of ambitious for both you and your brother or uh, yes okay yeah because he 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 started i did violin uh he just because first first he did it himself because he knew nothing about music and as a pastor he thought it would be a uh, a great uh, idea and it would be a blessing for him to be able to 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 play because uh, uh, a lot of the churches in mexico are very small and uh, sometimes you don't have 
the resources or the people to be able to lead worship. Uh, so he didn't. He noticed that a lot of pastors um, are left helpless in that aspect because they, like, uh, like not not that they should lead worship, but sometimes it's just like they're just they cannot do anything because they just I'm the word is not coming, but they feel like even if they want to, they like music just doesn't come up like this. Um, so he wanted to be able to to play when it was needed. Uh, and I forgot the question, but uh, well, like your your brother too. So does your is your brother involved in music? Yes, he. Okay. So my dad started with that, and then he encouraged us with violin, and my brother with trumpet. And, okay. But he then he went more with guitar, and he okay. he likes the guitar better. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know Spanish, so when I'm around, was around your dad, mm-hmm. you know, I couldn't understand what he was saying. But the impression mm-hmm. I got it's like he's pretty intense, like. Um, just um, wanting to be busy at doing things and yes, so forth. Yes, that's one of his, I would say, one part of his character. Okay. Um, yeah. That's just who he is, and he likes to stay busy. I guess he feels um, like like if he's not doing anything, then that, I guess he feels like he's not being helpful. I don't know. <laughs> mm. Yes. Yeah. So... Um, were you on those early mission trips? Okay. Yeah, I think I was. Mm-hmm. You were on, uh, the, on the first, first one. on the first few at least. Okay. Hey, the fir- yeah, I went. I did the first one, maybe the first two, and then after we, I got married, maybe I missed a few before we came back again, a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't. I'm not sure how many I went on, but I remember the first one. Some, a few, a mm-hmm. lot. <laughs> Yeah, probably quite a few in there in in the years. I don't remember what was the first year. If it was 2011 or 2012, the first time it was the the winter before I entered high school, and that was in 2013, 2013. So it was the winter or the de- December, January of 2012 yeah, and 2013. It's hard to remember the year because it was always New Year, or a lot of times it was New yes. Year's. So uh-huh. it was like both, both. years. <laughs> Um, and I, I do remember that you were at the beginning of your adventure of learning English. Yes, <laughs> I knew very little. <laughs> I remember being really impressed because you you read a page of a book to us, and you could read the whole page, and it sounded really good compared to other people that uh, there. <laughs> but you didn't know anything you were saying. <laughs> you were like, "Okay, wow. that sounded really good." So did you understand? It's like. No, I didn't understand yeah. any of it. <laughs> wow. Don't remember that, but I'm, I'm sure it happened. <laughs> yes. But I remember you being very interested and very quick to learn words, like yes. pick up new words and stuff. Yeah. So did did you have any um, experience with mission trips before uh, that mission trip was started coming down? Not Well, we, we'd received uh, other people from other places, I think mainly from like Texas and Nashville, uh, with like other churches that had helped build the building and like the classrooms okay but not not like me being because i was little so i okay. that, like that was i guess starting to realize who i was and so what was your impression of it all like was it um exciting or um or uh you know to have uh people coming down and working with your church yeah. or just what were it your- was very very exciting uh, and especially because every everyone was very outgoing, and you can like talk to them, 
And, like, they would have, like, games and, like, very hardcore games where you, like, <laughs> pull and uh, hit everyone. Uh, so that, that helped a lot with, like, being able to overcome shyness and, like, uh, ask questions and just try to communicate as much as you can. Um, so I think we, we hadn't had people from the U.S. for, like, a long time just because of how the situation had been with, like, uh, violence and stuff. So I don't remember a lot from the other teams. But this, like, I guess it was less under my parents. Like, like, I, like I'm more free to talk and, like, mm-hmm. make friendships, I guess. Yeah. So, so it was very nice. And it helped that everyone was kind of outgoing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember um, stories of the mission trip. I remember you being referred to, you know, and uh, and I remember something about... You had an ambition to go to France or learn French or something? I did. Uh, I, I still kind of do, but I, the Lord has not... Uh, well, I, I guess, I don't know. It, it's just... It, it has... It's a desire that I have, but it's not not crossed my path yet. The Lord has yeah. not put it there. But I would... It's not... I, I would love it. Um, and I, I would love to learn French. Uh, what, so what is it about French that... Appeals it to just you. sounds beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> sounds really pretty and beautiful. <laughs> to me, it and sounds really weird. <laughs> it, yes, but it sounds like I don't know. It just feels my soul, and when I mm. listen to it, and it's just like in awe of how God created those, um, or has through the curse that became a blessing, has created like all of that happened. Mm. Um, have you ever um, read the tale of Despero? No, I. Oh, you got to read that. It's about I French. Um, uh, yeah, the names are all French, and it's just a poetic story. It's kind of geared toward children, I guess, but really good. I'm reading it to the grandkids. Right I now. should. <laughs> yeah, there's a movie too, and they're both good. They're different, you know, from each other, but they're good. Mm-hmm. Um. So what what was your first exposure? to like other stuff like the french language you know and like um did you have growing up were you exposed to a lot of stuff like through media and things like that or Uh, i would say probably not a lot but from uh i guess mostly news because uh i don't think there's a lot of french influence in mexico uh uh, and i think mainly if i like thinking about it, I think it was probably just news when like they would like report the president friends said this and like they would just have the like they would they would just have the dialogue and then the, the little like on s- subtitles have the translation. Uh, and I always loved when that happened because you could hear it and not have like the person translating in Spanish and just ruin it, uh, like the sound of it. Um, so I guess that, probably that and that's the only exposure from TV because I don't think I ever met a French person in Mexico. Yeah. Um, and I haven't really met any French people yet. At school, <laughs> there's there's some people that are French, like, have French um, heritage. Um, yeah. And some, like, uh, people that are missionaries, that are kids, uh, mi- missionary kids uh, from France. Um, but I, I don't think I have a lot, but from the little bits that I've heard. And now, through the media, you can just put on YouTube, like, Mm-hmm. French news, and even though you don't understand, you can just hear it and enjoy it and mm-hmm. be blessed. <laughs> well, it's neat um, how something just kind of grabs hold of you, you know, and resonates with you. Like in the book, The Tale of Despero, same thing happens with Despero, the little mouse, 
It's music. He hears music and he thinks it smells like honey. And then there's <laughs> he this. Says it, he says it sounds like honey. I does think, he? Right? Sounds. Maybe, maybe so. He said all the other mice are like, you're silly. You're supposed to be looking for food. And he's like, yeah. All, all about the music. And, wow. the- and then the rat who's supposed to like the dark and live always, always in the dark, you know, gets the gets a, a ray of light um, comes down into the dungeon of the castle where he's living. And it's like his soul is captivated and he's got to have more, you know, and stuff like that. So anyway, yeah. are there <laughs> <laughs> just like that? <laughs> Anything else in your life that just kind of resonated with you or, or captivated your, uh, you in, in a similar way? In a similar way? Or, like, yeah. But like French or? Yeah. Or, or like, um, just other things that passions of your life or, um, yeah, things that just captive have captivated your soul. Well, if that's the way to put it, but the gospel okay. and um, how Christ has come to the earth—that's the main one, I guess. Mm-hmm. And violin, language, chemistry, um, science in general. Um, and I cannot—I I think those are the four main ones that have captivated. My life, because oh. so I cannot think of something else. Um. Mm-hmm. So, as far as the gospel, when did um, like the Christianity become? Did you have a conversion experience, or how did that? Um, how did you get started in the Christian faith? Yeah, I think um, I was saved when I was in middle school. I think because uh, I, I I think uh, during that time. Uh, the Lord really, like, I remember just the services and just being very convicted about how, like, my sin and how, like, fallen I am and how we need to be saved and we need to be rescued from our sin because we're, we're helpless. And I just remember uh, hearing about that and not wanting to be, to to remain in that state, to be emptied. Because I remember through those years and growing up and realizing, uh, okay, you, you're, trying to make sense of what the world is and what evil and good is and like how how the world and the systems uh, that uh, have control of the world, how they work and like, what are you going to do? Like, are you start uh, asking yourself, like, who who are you and who are you becoming into? And I just remembered not wanting to, to feel empty and to be left in sin and in that uh, uh, state and asking God to save me. And, uh, and that message got to me through like my dad's preaching and mainly songs. I remember that's, uh, thinking the words of a song and being like, well, that's, that's a lot of, uh, truth in the words and the lyrics and just being convicted about my sin and asking God. And I think it was probably during, um, seventh or eighth grade, uh, that I, that I was saved and just remember being on my bed and asking God that he would save me. And not, uh, not remain in that state and f- feel feel empty, because I remember just like feeling empty and not really like what is gonna be my purpose in life, like what what am I gonna do, like what is this, what is the point of being a human, being Mexican, speaking Spanish, why was I born a pastor's child, why was I born in Matamor, or what, like just asking very weird questions about who I am, and that brought me to the Lord and He saved me. 
and it's been a walk. Um, I've learned lots of things. I've not learned a lot of things too uh, that I hopefully learn in the future. Um, Was um, what were some of the uh, differences or changes in your life that occurred when you were saved? Like, um, like what what changed for you after you understood and believed and so forth? Like, like inwardly or like. Or what was the the what made me to ask those questions about life? No, like, like after after you were, were converted, then um, how was your life different? Um, well, just by looking at it, I don't think um, like outwardly. If you just look at my life, probably not a lot, because I I always knew. Uh, I guess I don't know. Like I just felt I didn't feel that sense of emptiness anymore. Okay. But probably from like the outside, it didn't change right. as much because I always, uh, I grew up in the church and with my mom and my dad, my mom teaching me during like Sunday Bible school. Mm-hmm. But probably like personally, just being able to resonate with the message of the gospel and understand and uh, probably be involved uh, in a more confident way and not just do it cuss like your dad tells you to do it, but like uh, do it because you actually believe in what you're saying or uh, singing sing what you're singing at church because you actually feel that and you believe in that message and not just do it because everyone does it at church and that's what your parents do and right. uh, so i would say probably not a lot changed but in, uh personally like like i just didn't feel empty anymore uh, and i was better able to relate to a lot of things in church and not just be the other person that participates and to, to actually feel part of the family. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's how it was for me too. Um, you know, there was a definite change of heart, Yeah. but my habits and everything didn't just immediately change. Mm-hmm. But shortly after God, I joined the Navy, so God took me right out of my environment, out of my old <laughs> friends, which was really helpful. Yeah. And, uh, um, you have anything you want to bring up, Billy? Um, <clears throat> well, kind of. I have things I'm curious about, <laughs> um, yeah. about your experiences of, of coming to school mm-hmm. in the U.S. and what that was like, and also... Um, yeah, with the challenges, good things, bad things. And also it seems like, it seems to me in relative, relatively short amount of time, you've kind of embraced the, uh, American culture fairly well for someone yeah. who's from a different, from a different culture. So, yeah. so just, um, your thoughts about that. I, I think that a person who does that, who is able to embrace another culture has a unique yeah. perspective on both cultures now that most mm-hmm. people don't in their uh, normal life don't don't always get mm-hmm. but first yeah. just what was it like but it was jumping because you, you pretty much jumped into another culture yes. right it wasn't like a slow yeah. entrance. it was just jumping in went to high school and uh it was all in english uh and i didn't know much english at the time um so that was a uh, 
part of it. But just jumping in and being able, like, there's a lot of little things that a culture, like, just, you just do and you don't even realize. Um, but it was a lot of fun um, deciphering those things and, like, trying to understand them. I think, personally, that's just fun to me. To be, like, why would this person do this in this setting and not do it in that setting? Or why would people get close to you in Mexico and not and people in the US kind of have a bubble? And like why why do you respect that bubble and like why in Mexico is that not respected? Um, do you have any answers to those questions? <laughs> well, it, well it's it's just different and uh, I don't think I have uh, concrete answers, but it's just different values that are appreciated. Uh, for example, being close shows that you care and that you are not afraid of relating to that person or be uh, entering into their world um, and maybe like in the u.s it's different you respect them by not entering their like the space that they're more familiar with and that's the way you respect them and that you show up appreciation and love by not probably not making everyone feel uncomfortable <laughs> uh, but it, it's just uh, cultures it's not like wrong or good it's just different values are at stake and mm -hmm. what what you're trying to uh, respect um, yeah this is exactly i want to hear more from you on this because this is exactly what i'm talking about most people they see their culture mm -hmm. and they have what they've They have all the things they value and they, they do, but they don't know exactly why. Mm -hmm. And they see the other culture and they see all the differences that they don't like. But they never get sufficiently... Well, it happens. I mean, I mean, most people don't get sufficiently mm -hmm. outside their culture into the other to be able to turn back and look yeah. and start figuring out the whys and yeah. the reasons. And Because most people never ask those kind of questions. It's kind of like um, grammar and language. It's like... You don't have to ask why it works like that in your own language because that's just how it works. But then you go into another language and now you're like, okay, so how does this fit together yeah. and why? Mm -hmm. Because it's different and it, you have to figure it out. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. And uh, and I think that's just a lot of fun. It takes a lot of work because uh, like we're kind of like we have our, our own mindset and our, way, our own ways that we do things. Like you don't get close to people and you always respect your grandparents And you always do what they say, even if it's some crazy thing. Uh, and, and like, you never talk back or, like, things like that. And it, it's difficult to, to get outside of that mindset and, like, the things that we value. Uh, but it's a, it, I think it's a very helpful thing for you to grow as a human uh, and uh, learn uh, from different... Like, you learn culturally, but also, like, different ways in which God works through cultures and, like, how... like different aspects of God and like different uh, things that are being reflected through those culture and those cultures and you're being able, you're able to learn those and apply them to your life and uh, and it's it, it is it is hard and like being able to like transition between both of them because you're like no but people don't do this in, in the US or they do it in Mexico and like why why cannot why can we be that way and respect those things more than those other things and it, it is difficult but at the end of the day it, it's just what it is and <laughs> yet do you find yourself sometimes asking like yeah why can't mexican culture be more like this and why can't american culture learn yes, a little bit more very of this? all the time <laughs> and it's like it's the it's the opposite like when i'm in the u.s 
I look at the Mexican things that we don't do in the U.S. and like why can't be that way? And then like why do we always have to be stressed about time and everything has to be like <laughs> so squared? And we do this at five and then at six and then. But then when I'm in Mexico, I love that and I miss that because then things work out nice <laughs> and work and everything happens and like people don't get offended if you. Like, it, it just, you avoid, a lot of conflicts are avoided and a lot of stress and headaches. And, um, but then at the same time, you can value the time that, the extra time that you spend with that friend talking and respecting them by not just cutting them and like, I have to go. Uh, so it, it is a constant struggle. And then when I'm in Mexico, I look at the US things. and um, so, But it's beautiful. So it, it's a very good thing too. It's hard. Because I tend to lean more the, the I would say the American way than the Mexican way. So I need to like push myself back and be like, I need to be more understanding. Mm. Um, I feel like you have a, a fairly well-rounded perspective uh, hearing you talk and everything. Because I, I do see sometimes the Hispanics or Latinos that, that really um, do well in the American culture. And um, appreciate uh, the big thing is time, right? The mm -hmm. schedule, time, punctuality. Yeah. The ones that really and, and productiveness. I mean, that's kind of kind of goes with it yeah. sometimes. Mm -hmm. The ones that really embrace that sometimes turn around and, and don't appreciate their own culture the same way anymore, and that's sad mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, it's I it, I guess it's kind of um, a. A challenge I learned in, in culture class, in Latin American culture class, um, from my teacher, just the need to not try to judge or to judge or, or like pigeonhole your culture, like wh where is this better and where is this better and all that, but just understand it mm -hmm. and then try to understand it in a way that you can bring Christ's love into it. Yeah. In a yeah. way that they understand. Yeah. Bring love and peace <laughs> instead of uh, trouble <laughs> and stress <laughs> yes yeah so how do um how do people in mexico uh, view america and americans and things like that um like is it the place everyone just really wants to go to or is it just pr most people kind of indifferent or does america really play a big part in their life in some way mm -hmm. or another or or just what are their thoughts about america and so forth well i would say there's like a whole spectrum of like how you can think about the u.s mm -hmm. um depending on like where you look at it from uh if you look at it economically or if you look at it culturally um or in different aspects because uh, i've heard that a lot of people refer to the u.s like a very um not not saying this in a mean way but like just like oh those people don't really respect you that much or like but that, that, like that's we get into the whole point of like being able to step out of your own culture and understand a different culture because uh, then if you do that then you understand why people cut you off to go somewhere and like but and then you think that they're being unresolved so culturally a lot of i feel like a lot of like sentiments are like not ve being very understandful uh of like you know, other cultures but then at the same time, it's on both sides that we're not being very under understandful. Uh, uh, so I, I, I would say that probably just um, a little harsh, maybe, uh, that people aren't thought to be not as respectful. Um, probably in an economic way, probably just the place where life can be a better off and uh, where uh, 
because economically it's it's a little hard to survive in most Latin American countries, and just because of the corruption and like evil people. Um, uh, and I think economically, a lot of people see the U.S. as a place where they can alleviate those things, and uh, probably the American dream idea plays a big role into that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's uh, predominant anymore, but I think it used to be in last decade. But I don't see a lot of people. Well, I guess it is because of the whole uh, migrant crisis um, that happened or is still happening in California or in El Paso. So a lot of people see the U.S. as a place where they can find rest and peace and not be oppressed by like cartels or um, people that just want to get money out of you. Uh, so th there's like a whole different aspects of mm -hmm. like how people view the U.S., Oh, so depending on where you look at it. <laughs> one one point of view or one something that points out a, a different point of view, just like a little tiny thing, is that they don't um, say American. And sometimes mm -hmm. they can right. take offense yeah. when yeah. you say American. I know. I, I, I thought of that after I said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're all yeah. well safe. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Um, so what so far has been the challenge of your life? If you, is there anything, and there might not be, so if there's not, that's fine. But is there anything like this thing is like the challenge of my, has been the challenge of my life? Is there anything like that for you? Like Paul had his thorn in the flesh. Other people mm -hmm. might have this or that, you know. Let me see. Probably, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm still trying to work through that and how I view myself and stuff. Yeah. But at this point, probably just, uh, I don't know, probably just being able to graduate, <laughs> like uh, very right. uh, close and soon thing that is going to happen. I guess still ha have one more semester in which I have to give what I need, uh, mm -hmm. what I can. And um, I guess just grow spiritually and being able to open myself up uh, and how the Lord has worked in my life to more people. So I think uh, that's a big challenge just to be, to be able to, to be more, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, not susceptible, but more, to be more open with people and like for people to know me better. I think mm. that's a big challenge mm -hmm. and, and how the Lord has how the Lord has specifically uh, touched my life. And I think that's a big uh, stone that I need to work on. Uh, just pray lots about that. And I think that's a big one. So do you tend to be more like an introvert than an extrovert? Then? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I see. Yeah. Keep quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Is there um, anything that you know now that you didn't know? or understand as a younger person that's making a big difference in your life? Hmm. It's a hard question. Um, probably a lot of things. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say there's like a big, big thing, but just small things, uh, just for, from going to covenant college and understanding my own culture and why we do the things that we do, why we have the, ideas that we have because it's not just cultures that we have in our in our heads we have uh, ideas and philosophies that we've acquired through culture uh, 
so there's a lot of things that I, I didn't know when I, like, maybe when I was 10 that I, I know right. uh, now. A lot of it is cultured and language related and academically related. I cannot, I guess it's just been a blessing to see how I've learned a lot of chemistry and haven't been able to take all those really hard courses and just see how the Lord sustained me through that. Um, so probably not, I wouldn't say there's like a big thing right. that I, but just in different areas I little things and little right. parts that I, I know that I didn't know when I was five or 10 or 12. Okay. Anything, um, any public figure or books or anything like that um, have made a, like a pretty big impact in your life? Anything mm, in particular? Not, not one in particular, but really like a few uh, like professors at Covenant uh um, church pastors that I've seen them and how the Lord has used them and being able to, to to look at them and be like I want that to be like that be humble and be understand uh, full in that way um, I'm my chemistry professor at Covenant uh, <coughs> one specific professor that I really admire Dr. Dr. His name is not coming. Uh, Dr. Ward at Covenant. He, I just really admire him. And I wish I would have gotten closer to him. But the whole thing about being an introvert. Um, but like I just learned a lot from chapels at Covenant. And all the people that they bring. And how the Lord has worked through them. And uh, pastors at church. Pastor Pickett. Pastor Gustavo from Brazil and how the Lord works to them and seeing their willingness to serve the Lord mm -hmm. uh, in whatever way is needed. Uh, mm -hmm. Just books that I've read. John Paul Paul Miller currently trying to read one of his books and just mm -hmm. he says very good things about prayer. Mm -hmm. And probably John Piper back in the day, not really that much anymore. Uh, just a lot of like R.C. Sproul and. Mm -hmm. A lot of people token. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> well, are you ready for the speed round? The speed round? Yeah, that's why <laughs> you look afraid. <laughs> what do you mean by it, speed he, round? He calls it something different each time. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out yeah. what to call it. <laughs> no, it's just like we ask, I ask some questions and they're a little more kind of light. And yeah. you just kind of give your first impression or whatever you think. Sure. All right, let's go. Kind of like the hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you were invited to dinner, what's something that you hope is not on the menu? Fish or anything ocean related. Okay. I I just don't know why, but I don't like the smell or how it tastes. Tasted tastes. Okay. Yeah. Um what's the last movie you watched? The last movie I watched, I don't remember the name, but it was last night. And it was <laughs> one of the uh Marvel uh Okay. Like the whole Infinity, I think called they call it the Infinity Saga, and I just watched the last one where like there's like this big guy with like a stone on the head, and, like there's like a lot of robots and he wants to like destroy the Earth. I should probably have asked my brother for the name of the movie, uh, but it's one of the Marvel ones. Okay, because I, I I hadn't watched any of them, and I like my brother has an account, and I'm like we should just do this because it's kind of cultured and. <laughs> I'm illiterate in that area. <laughs> All right. Um, 
What's a particular talent you have that most people don't know about? Huh. I got to think of that myself. Um, probably being able to tap my finger very fast. I guess a lot uh-huh. of people get... <laughs> well, the, I guess that people know. I guess that it's not really... <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, not a lot of people know about it, but a, right. some people get impressed by that. So I would say, yeah, it's <laughs> legit answer, I guess. Right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, what's your favorite type of social interaction? Like, you know, face-to-face over coffee, loud party, like a dancing, a big meal. Billy said his was sports. Like, what's your favorite way to socially interact with people? I guess all of the above, except sports. Because okay. uh, I'm not very good at sports. Uh, but I I, I didn't used to enjoy this. Because uh, I, like, I was still working and not being so much an introvert. But um, just really enjoy talking to people, be it eating tea or going to a dance party or being at church or just going on a walk to a park. Like, I just think I really value like physical, like being present with each other. So I think that just resembles like, a wholeness of spiritual, physical presence that you have. That's something that that I have learned because uh, I covenant they really... Um, push for that with like people not just being like not just messaging messaging or like just um being virtually present for each other but like both physically so i think that's very important um is there anything else to it besides just be being physically present like um i don't know this is interesting to me because i um you know anything else that um to keep in mind when it comes to like enjoying people, I mean, besides just being there physically, being I guess just being able to listen because a lot like and personally, just we don't tend to do this because we we just want to get ourselves out and mm-hmm. let people know about ourselves. But I think listening is a big, a really big thing mm-hmm. that I need to work on, and uh, I feel like we don't do a lot of. Uh, like everywhere at church with friends, uh, we just want to like go ahead and give advice and like you're doing this thing wrong or like why did you do that? But I think a lot of the times it it helps a lot to just listen mm-hmm. and being able to uh, converse with God on their behalf because we're not all knowing and all wise. So it sounds like. You've kind of grown in this area that you enjoy it and you know you want to grow more. And yeah. that's kind of, is that kind of where you're at, you think? Yeah, I guess. I like, I've, Covenant has helped me a lot to be able to appreciate talking and interacting with people. But at the same time, I think we're like, we really need to listen. Because mm-hmm. um, that's something we really need to do. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, see, oh, yeah, we were on the speed round. Um, <laughs> what's a purchase that you've made lately that's made an impact on your life lately yeah like a small purchase but it's kind of made a difference in your life let me think about that um, probably a book okay because uh, I've been like I I think uh, Paul Miller came to school to give some talks and they were like books very cheap 
and, <laughs> and I bought his book by uh, that is called a prayerful life or a praying life. Okay. And I've like I I didn't like I didn't commit to it, but I was just like I'm just gonna start this because classes there's a lot of reading like reading assignments for class. So mm-hmm. I was just reading it to kind of like have a break in the day. And, like it, it it has given me a different perspective on prayer. Um, so I think that's a small purchase was like five bucks. Um, yeah, that has um, has made an impact in my life. Yeah, a book really can have a powerful impact for a low cost. I was yes. thinking about like well maybe a nifty can opener or something like that, but like a book is a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Paul Miller, his name sounds so familiar, mm-hmm. but I don't know. He's, I think he's the coordinator of Seed Jesus Ministry. Okay. If you've. Yeah, no. Yeah. Maybe it's just familiar from him being an author. author. Yeah. But um, anything about prayer that, um, that you've learned, that um, you've put into practice, that's really, um, you know, you're just really happy about and. Well, uh, I think I still need to put into practice, uh, uh, but uh, probably just realizing that prayer is just um, conversing with God, and like a lot of times we try or we tend uh, to see prayer as this like enclosed way or highway that we have to God only when we're feeling good, or like we only have to be this way. Like we see, we respect, we see respect in different ways. Uh, and that a lot of times does not allow us to experience uh, the full human, being fully human with like our emotions. And we see being angry at God uh, many times as a bad thing. Um, but I think this book has really helped me that we need to bring like all of it, all of ourselves and who we are and how we feel. Because God cares about that and he wants to know that we come at him be it angry or depressed or sad or just upset at him because of what the things that are happening. Uh, and I think Palmer does a very good job at explaining like the Bible, like that's how people came to God and they demanded like the Psalms, a lot of the Psalms just demand from our God, like why have you forsaken us? And why do you, why has your wrath uh, been poured out on ourselves? And I think a lot of times we, we tend to think that that's wrong to bring those feelings to God. But um, I think it's important. And I think I need to realize that it's good for us to bring everything that we are. Because that God don't, doesn't only take the happy parts of his smile or the nice parts. But he takes all of it. And if we bring all of it, then he, he can work with it in a better way. He's going to work with it anyway. But <laughs> he's gonna. <laughs> it's easier if we are more accessible, I guess. Uh, right mm-hmm. and yeah being honest with god is part, yes. a part of the relationship mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i think he mentions that it's a relationship and if you only bring the nice things to your dad then there's not really a relationship <laughs> right um so you know prayer we're expressing our heart to god and then we hear from god you know like when we're reading the scripture or maybe there's other ways and so forth, but mm-hmm. is is the prayer part just a, a one-way street or like during prayer, is there experiencing God, is, is that a re- can that be a, a regular 
part of prayer, or is it more like that's our expression? And then when it comes to hearing from God, well, it's not so much through prayer, but it's through the word and maybe a sermon yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I think um, like I think it, we receive a lot of from God because if then then it's not really a conversation. If it's just, I think it has to be both ways because then. Um, then that would mean that God didn't really care about us. Like, I, I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> but like, I think it has to be both ways. Cause then like, if we just put in a, in a human, like if we just, when we're conversing with someone, we're expecting that person to also respond to what we're saying. Um, and cause then that shows that they were listening. And, and I think it, 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 it is both ways, but I think God responds in different ways. And it's not like a, like here I'm, grab the keys and turn on the car thing uh but he speaks through friends and situations in life and sermons and song songs and i think a lot of things uh, and we, we just need to be very attentive and that's one of the things that i emphasized that we need to be more attentive to god's response uh, and be wise in how he talks to us through scripture and and everything else in life like all the interactions that we have uh, i don't know if that that was really answering the question <laughs> well um you said um that yeah during the prayer itself mm -hmm. that yes we should hear from god yes yeah. mm -hmm. so i i would like to experience that more than i do i don't really yeah. experience that um okay much i don't think so yeah. i don't know and i feel i i need i i want that too yeah. uh but i, I don't know i uh, i guess i don't know really i would say i really need to work on that too um probably ask someone else <laughs> <laughs> probably uh john uh, paul miller uh, <laughs> but uh because i think because i think from reading the book he does mention that sometimes that like we just sense god that he really responds to like i think through our thoughts and like what he puts in our mind and like i think that's one of the ways that he uh answers our prayer and i guess we are all different and i think we're more attentive to other things uh, to some people more than others and i don't think that and i guess god knows that probably some people are more attentive to their wives or than their parents or Probably the other way around, or probably more attentive to what people say on the news. <laughs> so I guess God knows you personally, and He knows what you're going to like listen to the most, hmm. and how you're going to understand Him. Right. Um, I guess that's what what I would say. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, anything, Billy? Before we wrap up. Um. Not well. I mean, we could talk a lot longer about all the other subjects, but I, I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Ismail. It's been thank a, you. I've enjoyed learning more about you. I've enjoyed it too. Okay. Well, good. All right. Well, I wish you well. God bless you. Thank you. If you use a podcast app like iTunes, please give a review of Conversations About Life. Thank you.